Although it's January and everything is in slow mode, my garden is in slow mode right now. Pssh. Look what we got here. We're still eating off the land. Welcome to the Road by Road Gardening Show, the best dead gum gardening show on the internet where we talk about gardening, a little bit of cooking, and growing your own food. Now sit back and enjoy. Hey folks, I'm Greg. I'm Sheila. Welcome. If you've not joined us before, we are a gardening show that comes on every Thursday night on YouTube and Facebook. We're located here in South Georgia. We own a company called Hoss Tools that sells everything you need to help you grow your own food. And every Thursday night, we like to talk about gardening. Right. And we have videos during the week to help teach you how to garden. Our whole goal is what, Mama Hoss? Help you grow, grow your, your own, own food. food. Yep. All right, so we got a couple of new seeds we're gonna talk about today. We've got some new products we're bringing out for January for 2023. But first of all, even though we've been through a pretty rough little patch here with this hard freeze, mm -hmm. and I probably got less growing in my garden right now than I've had in a long, long time because okay. some things got killed the cold weather, but we're still producing a good bit out of the garden. Mm -hmm. It's really amazing how well it's bounced back. And, um, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting geared up for spring already. I noticed myself getting excited about planting some stuff in the but greenhouse. This is all out of the lazy garden. Really? Mm-hmm. Except for this. It, yeah, that and the onions. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So the lazy garden actually did better than cold. We covered it, but it did better than cold than mm -hmm. everything else did. So. so what you got going on here? Well, what we got here, and this is a beautiful spinach here that we've added to this year. This is an imperial full-length Italian-type spinach right here. Look how green it is. Mm -hmm. I just fertilized this again so to keep it pumping along there. But that's spinach. That's a great one right there. And we're used to growing those baby leaves, but we've added this imperial type or imperial imperial, imperial variety this year. And a little uh, insect damage there? Just a little bit. It ain't going to bother nothing. They got to eat too. That one, right, how about this one right here? That's a good one there. A couple of small holes in it. But this is a larger type leaf, and they call it an Italian type leaf. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, I think this would be really good for stir fry. Oh, yeah, I may do that tonight. You know, those baby spinach leaves are wonderful for eating raw and salads and everything, but they don't have as much mass to them as these mm -hmm. full leaf foods. So I think stir fry would be this. We got that, and of course, we got broccoli. And I know it doesn't look very big, but Broca's had a hard time as of late. And this, believe it or not, is the Godzilla variety, which is very, very unusual to make this small of a head. But I'm just lucky to have that after the uh, the cold, cold. It did survive. And it's putting mm -hmm. those little small heads out yeah. there. I actually, I think that might be a secondary shoot. I don't oh, really? That's a secondary? Okay. Yeah. You harvested this earlier today. And we got some English peas, snow peas right here. I'm going to pop one of these up here. These are the lace so garden. good. Do you know the cold, I think, made those better too? Made them sweeter. And these things survived a 16-degree cold snap yeah. here. That Now, we covered them. Mine and my raised bed did not. I know. But mine did. Did you cover yours? Yeah. Wow. I believe that lazy garden kind of insulated the soil a little bit and helped things mm -hmm. pull out a little bit better. Mm. Mm. And these almost didn't make it in the house. Oh, really? Look at here. Nice head of cauliflower. There again, not the largest we've ever grown, but we're just happy to have it after what it's been through. And this is twisted variety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did have the leaves all twisted mm -hmm. around it. You know, we probably, as far as our greens go, we probably had more cold damage 
in the lazy garden on cauliflower and we didn't eat anything else as far as the things in the Nebraska family. But it survived I and mean, we were getting the harvest off of it, but they did take quite a hit. And of course we got beets. That's radishes, radish, excuse me. That is radishes. There's the beets underneath there. This is radishes right here. Radishes fared well. Beets are doing good. They're not quite big enough yet, but they're coming along. And look here at my beautiful ox hard carrots. They are coming along nice. And all this was grown in the lazy garden. Now this is an heirloom variety right here that doesn't get very long, but they get pretty big around there. So I'm really proud of these carrots right here, these ox heart carrots. And in my garden, carrots is about all I got. Look at those carrots. Yeah. Sheila, those are different <laughs> varieties right there, okay? You can't compare, you compare apples to apples. You can't do that. I know, but look at those pretty carrots. They are pretty. And they didn't split this time. And you grew those in your raised beds. In my raised beds. Why did they not split? Okay, so when I was preparing the soil this time, for about four weeks, every week I would go out there and fluff it up, just take a garden fork and turn it over. And you have plenty, or did you add more organic matter? In, I as added doing? the um, worm compost, mm -hmm. and I did add some of the gin. Compost. And the only fertilizer I put in there was the chicken, the complete organic, complete organic at the beginning. They have had nothing on them. At all. Looks like they had everything they needed. But back to the preparing the soil, every week I would take that garden fork and fluff it up to about 12 inches mm -hmm. and then wet it down so those microbes had good moisture in there. Mm -hmm. And I did that until I planted them. And then, of course, the trick is keeping them moist until they germinate. Right. And I did thin them out this time. Hmm. Um, so, how far did you thin them out? I mean, how far apart? Just roughly say, a couple of inches. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Nice. I have to say myself. Although this variety is never going to get that no, long. No, they this should is get a different, lot fatter. It's going to get bigger. It's a little early yet. You're. I'm little, proud of you. At I least they germinated. They did germinate. Sure. They come up. So I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah. This. It's a little different. But from all this right here, we have today. It's what we're eating. Yeah. Oh, and let me talk about. Why don't you taste your salad? So. We took all these vegetables here, and I, even the spinach, and made a fresh salad. Now, there is a few olives and some cheese in there that's not from the garden, but everything else is from the garden. And what about the salad, Ruth? This is some fermented pepper sauce I made, um, and I added some paprika and um, a little mayo. I don't I think it's going to take much, but you, okay. you can have more. Okay. Mm. Tell me what you think. All right. So, during the month of February, I have been asked to participate with the Fermented Homestead. It's a collaboration of a bunch of different YouTubers, um, and for the whole month of February, every day there's going to be a video on fermenting. So mine will be is scheduled if nothing changes on February 14th. So it'll be on our channel and we'll have links to all the other. There's going to be giveaways every week, a big giveaway at the end. 
Um, we're sponsoring some gifts. There's a lot of other things. And I think what I'm going to do this year is I'm going to take these carrots and show you how to ferment them. Now, who is kind of the head of this type deal? This the Fermented Homestead Channel. Fermented Homestead Channel. Yeah. Carrie's got some emails. I have Carrie's been in contact with her, and I watched them all last year, and that's where I got a lot of my ideas from. So I'm excited. So stay tuned for that February 14th, which is easy to remember because mm -hmm. it's your birthday. It's Valentine's Day. And your birthday. And my birthday. Back to the salad. Okay. Salad is very good. Spinach adds a different dimension to the texture because we're used to eating salad. The salad dressing is a little strong. Yeah, I kind of just want to say A little strong. I didn't realize what we was getting into there, but it's a little strong. It's got our limes, fresh limes in there too. <laughs> How does the spinach taste compared to lettuce? Spinach is really good. It's just a different texture. Chewy? It's a chewier texture than what we're used to. Hmm. So today's show, when you finish up, we're going to talk about, our main topic is what you can be doing in January. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people get what in January? Cabin fever? They do, and I'm one of them. Yeah, I am too. I'm just itching to get out there and start some seeds in the greenhouse. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to, uh, did we talk about those new seeds? I jumped here. Yep, so we'll... Couple new seeds right here. First one is green boy cabbage, and this one's new for 2023. Now, green boy cabbage is a medium type head variety of cabbage. <clears throat> and you know, here in our area, one of the most popular varieties is cheers. Everybody grows cheers, mm -hmm. cabbage here. This one right here is not going to make the biggest head out there, but it's good adaptability to different regions. It's going to do good pretty much all over. It's a good standard variety, and it's going to do well in late spring and early fall. So could you plant it now? You could plant it now, but I think it's going to be better suited for maybe a little later planting. I think it's going to do well uh, maybe in a, as a spring plant instead of a, a late winter or early early Did spring you plant. Direct seed it or I would grow this right here in the plant and transplant it. Uh, like I do most of my other cabbages. Cheers is a great variety. I love to grow it during the wintertime. But this one here, and you know we've got to the point we don't like those big, big head cabbage. We have quit growing those jumbo head cabbages so much and grow with the smaller heads because that's all we need. Well yeah. It's just two of us. So a medium-sized head, great adaptability, grows everywhere, good heat tolerance. So this is going to be a good all-around variety to go with right there. And it is green boy cabbage, new for 2023. And here, folks, we have Mr. Top Chop Collard. Top Chop is a new collard, and uh, it's from Cicada, which they also have Top Bunch Collard. Mm -hmm. And... Top Bunch Collard has been the staple for the last few years in the commercial collard growing farmer industry. However, it is a good one. It's mild. It has everything that we like in a collard nowadays. We like a lower, a lower growing collard, a shorter collard, a sweeter collard, and one that we can you know, cut in smaller bunches than we did the old style big leaf ones. And I tell people all the time, do you like collards? They said, no, I really don't. I eat them as when I was a boy. Well, if you had to eat collards, you okay? Mm -hmm. If you had to eat collards lately, they taste different than they used to. 
because the collars have been we got new varieties out there and they're, they're more strong they're more me mellow and they sweeter than and then when you cook them it don't stink up the whole house no no so let's see here we go I want to talk about this top chop a little bit because I think so, this is it right here. So I'm going to put this down and where you guys can see this right here. As you see, how short of a variety it is, it's, it's one of those shorter bunch of varieties. The commercial guys like to cut these things in these small bunches like that right there and sell them in the grocery store. Now, top chops, where it's claimed to fame is going to come in, it's slow bolting. So top bunch, which looks real similar to this and has pretty much the same characteristics as the top chop does, will bolt pretty easy. When I say bolt, it will go to seed, bloom out. bloom out pretty quick in the hot weather. Late spring and early fall, you're gonna have a little bit of problems with top chop, I mean, excuse me, top bunch going out on you. That's where this one right here comes in. <clears throat> a good variety for that because it's slow bolting. So for late spring planting, early fall planting, I think this is the one to go to right here. And this one survived the cold really well. I did cover it, got down to 16 degrees. Let me see if I can find a little cold damage right there. Can you yeah. see that part right there? That's cold damage. Yeah, right there. Yep, that's a little cold damage there. Looks like mildew, but it's not. It's cold damage. And uh, now one of the things the... Now, do you, are you supposed to trim the bad leaves off? I did, I would. I wanted to show that or I would have trimmed them off. They have really put out new growth in the last few days. We've got plenty there to eat off of. Now, this was the breeder. I talked to the breeder about this variety here, and they said it will darken up when cold weather hits. But I didn't see much of that. I was expecting to see a lot more darker. They talk about darker. That's the ones I cooked for New Year's Day. Mm -hmm. mm. It's the one, they say that it'll turn purplish when the cold weather hits. I did not see that in my garden. I was well, expecting it's it. a little purple tint. It's there. a little bit. There's a little bit on that tip, but not, mm -hmm. not as much as what I was anticipating. Of course, from a home garden standpoint, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. I mean, it eats just as good. But I didn't see it. A lot of times when you have those purple in the leaves, it's because of phosphorus deficiency. We may have had better soils. I don't know. Really impressed with this variety right here. I would put it up against with top bunch. I would still grow the top bunch, but I would grow this one in my slots in late spring and early fall. There you have food. Top bunch collars. That's top chop, excuse me. Top bunch and top chop. Top chop. Top chop. I really like the spinach. I love the texture. I love the spinach too, yeah. It's just, you have to get out of that mindset. It didn't taste like your regular ice box lettuce does. No, but it's a good change. Yep. All right, a couple more things we got new. We did a live on this other night, folks. If you missed out on that, this right here is the premium medicinal herb collection that we got out that we're doing in conjunction with Just Dig It Farms. Sunday night, we did a debut live. live. We did a live with them, and we brought these out. We talked about each one of them. Tracy is absolutely a encyclopedia when it comes to these herbs here. So we're working with her. So check that out right yeah, there. We'll have the links in the description below. The deluxe, I believe, is $49.99 and the premium is $64.99. Or reverse. And is it reversed? I don't know. Uh, I think I got it right. And then you get all kind of plant labels in there with a card. It's a great deal. We're excited about growing mm -hmm. herbs this year. I'm going to have the plant labels somewhere. All right, and this is the next one right here. This is something I've been working on for a while. Mm -hmm. Now this right here is a regular 10-10-10, but what's unique about this 10-10-10 fertilizer is it has the minor elements in it. 
So the micronutrients in it, which is a very unusual for a regular 10, 10, 10, but we have brought out a Hoss, what we call it, the all-in-one general purpose fertilizer right here. And it also has calcium in it as well. So uh, <clears throat> it's a great all-around fertilizer to use in your garden. It's not organic for you guys out there who want the synthetic fertilizer in a small package. This so is you side dress with that? Five pounds. Side dress, you can, you can use it at planting. Uh, they would call that pre-plant, or you could either side dress with it, or you could incorporate it into your soil before you plant. That also, I guess, would be pre-plant. But here you have it, folks, right there. Oh, nice that little storage container. Yeah, it's reusable. It's got a handle. Yep, got a handle on there. And the neat thing about it, it's resealable, so you can pull this off, and you can put it back down. Now, all these granulars in here have all the nutrients in each granular so they won't separate out you've seen fertilizers before that some of the particle size was smaller and it would shake down to the bottom this right here hitting like that all the particles have all the nutrients in it so you don't have to worry about it separating out for when you're on different particle size it's pretty consistent there so that's a good one right there you said it's really good for um all in one for corn yeah, it's good for corn. But got, also heavy feeding crops, tomatoes, onions, peppers. Yep, so the key to it here is, and I'll tell you, I did a lot of research, did a lot of work on this right here. It has ammoniacal and nitrate nitrogen in there. So sometimes plants will, will only take up or prefer one type of nitrogen, whether it be nitrate or ammoniacal. So this has both of them in there, so it covers all the bases of that. It has calcium in there, it has a little bit of sulfur in there. You could use this on your onions. So if you just had a small little bitty garden or some containers and you don't want to get it real complicated, mm -hmm. you just want one fertilizer for everything, that's it that's right there. It. All in one, all in one. It'll work on everything. Nightshades, onions, all of it. Okay. 10, 10, 10, and that means 10% nitrogen, 10% phosphorus, and 10% 10, 10, 10 potassium. And all your uh, micronutrients in there. Good also for your, your uh, Broccoli, cauliflower, and cabbage. Spinach. Spinach. All that. All right, so we're talking about garden tasks. Mm. You've been busy this I've last week. I've been busy, busy cleaning up, working on a new garden. So this is what I've been doing, and I'll kind of share this with you guys to make sure that you kind of getting on the same board, because sometimes I get a little lazy in the garden and things get ahead of me. I went ahead and started working up some of my plots. Mm -hmm. And the reason I did that is for those early crops that we planted in the springtime, such as broccoli and cauliflower and those kind of things. So we will do a planting probably sometime in February of all those brassicas again, because I'm planting them in the greenhouse now. It takes me about four weeks to grow them out. And then we got those things that we like direct seed, you know, carrots, not carrots, excuse me. Uh, although you can grow carrots in the springtime, radish. Mm -hmm. beets and that kind of thing. We'll put another plant of those in and potatoes time. So I got a couple of plots I've already started working up and I will continue to work those to have those ready for around when February 15th. up, what do you mean? Till. I went there and tilled it up and working pre -plant some... Pre-plant fertilizer? I did not put in pre-plant fertilizer. I won't do that till right before I plant. But I'm getting the soil worked up and getting those weeds. Well, like what and, I did for the carrots. Yeah, and getting those cover crops worked into the uh, to the soil there. So when it comes time. Now, what I could do is come in and put a tarp over it and hold it. Or I can just leave it out there and keep it turned every couple of weeks. So I'm going to do some of both probably. Mm. The main thing is don't get too far ahead in planting your plants. Don't get too far ahead and don't get too far behind. Yeah. Because they'll get too big for you. 
and then the weather won't be right. I'm not following you. You're not following me? No. So, like, we don't need to go ahead and plant tomatoes. Oh, no, 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 no. Even no, though. No, no, no. I'm talking about brassicas. Yeah. So we'll plant cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, things like that in the greenhouse and have them ready for February. I won't plant my tomatoes till February 10th, 15th, somewhere mm -hmm. there, right there. Yeah. Get, we don't want to jump the general So how do you figure when you need to start that stuff in the greenhouse? On your brassicas, I figure four to five weeks. Normally, I can grow them out in four weeks. But, you know, sometimes people say five weeks. I can get with that. But normally, I figure five weeks excuse me, four weeks on my cabbage, my broccoli, my cauliflower, even Brussels sprouts, things like that, in well, the greenhouse, the transplant mm -hmm. stage. But your tomatoes, don't you have to look at your last frost date? I do, but I won't plant those to February. So I will look, and I, I normally plant those, uh, it takes me six weeks to grow. So I'd you look plant. at your last frost date and you back up six and, weeks. And I'll back it up six and weeks. And plant in the greenhouse. And that date for us in zone eight is February 10th to 15th. Really? Mm -hmm. And for peppers too. Peppers can be a little slower sometimes, so you can maybe shoot it up a week on the peppers or... You use that germination mat? I do use the germination mat. I don't use it as much. I use it on my brassicas, but it comes in more important on the tomatoes and peppers than it does to brassicas. Uh, you know, and it's time to reflect back a little bit on what we did last year and what we're going to do different. Mm -hmm. So last year was actually a good garden year for me. We did have some extreme heat that moved in here in July that kind of wiped things out and caused the garden to get over with a little bit earlier. But I had a decent garden last year. You did. One thing I'm going to do this year is I'm going to plant more winter squash than mm -hmm. I did last year because we really love winter squash. And I didn't grow as many of them. Yeah, and I planted my winter squash, was it too early or too late? Mine too did late, not do I well. Think. Too late. I got some fungus and some squash issues. issues. But I'm gonna tell you that hot spell we had during July caused a lot of issues for a lot of different folks. So it was a tough. It was good gardening up to that, but it was a little tough mm -hmm. after that. We made an extremely good, good fall garden. Yeah, my peppers was I think what did the best, and mm -hmm. I think it was the heat. Not right. The heat. So I'm gonna plant more winter squash this year. And maybe more varieties. What will you do different in your raised bed garden? Well, I hope to have the new raised bed garden ready, and I'm going to plant a lot more herbs. Mm -hmm. That's going to be my focus. Any other changes? Mm, no, I don't think so. Yeah, maybe succession plant. Do oh that. yeah, I had talked about. That. <laughs> I thought you did. That lost him a salad there. Yeah. Yes, I want to do some succession planting. You want to do a better job managing your garden. Yeah, so I don't have an explosion of something at once. Plant smaller amounts more frequently so it's spread out. Mm -hmm. Yep. And another thing that we'll be planting in the next, next little bit is going to be turnips, mustard, mm -hmm. our direct seed crops. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing you know, potatoes. Potatoes will be in, we're getting our first shipment in tomorrow, we hope. we hope, tomorrow, which will be Friday. And so we hope to be shipping out Monday to our southern guys, our friends down in Florida and South Louisiana. You guys that want to plant your potatoes in January, we're going to be getting your potatoes out next week. So excited about that. Yeah. So soil testing, soil testing, you is know, really I, important. You oh, forgot about it. no, I didn't forget about it, but I, I, I feel like I harp on this too much. 
and go on and on. But soil testing, now's the time to do that. We need to do our new areas. Yes, we need to do our new area. We're going to have to do it. Now's the time to pull your soil sample, get it send off, find out what you need to do to that pH to get it adjusted because it takes two to three months if you do have to apply some lime to have an effect on that right there. Normally speaking, this is just normally speaking, you want to shoot for a pH between 6.0 and 7.0. Mm. And you can make that adjustment with adding some lime if you need to raise it. If you need to lower it, different story. Make sure you do a soil sample before you apply anything. Seeds. You see everybody inventorying their seeds. Yep. Everybody's getting seed catalogs. Right. Um, getting ready. Yep. We've had a lot of calls the last few days, and I will tell you, I, told, I had a conversation with customer service here this morning. This is, happens every year. We are, we've got pretty much all new seeds in that we're going to get in with the exception corn, beans, and peas continue to trickle in. Within the next few weeks, we should have those in, but we do not have fresh bean seed on some varieties in right now. So don't get caught up in buying your bean seed or your pea seed, or maybe even corn seed too early, because if you hold off, you can get last year's crop. We run into this every year. Yeah, we had a lot of calls yesterday. Yeah. And, uh, and we were temporarily out of them, but we are expecting yeah. them in and the reason we're out of them is because we're waiting on a new crop to come in. Yeah, we want new so don't get caught up in, in ordering those things too early. You can go ahead and order your tomatoes, peppers, things like that. We got those. We've had those probably a couple of three weeks. So we're in good shape there. It's those dead gum beans and peas and, and some of the corn. So we, uh, we're waiting on Jimmy Red to come in. Mm -hmm. Is there going to be a shortage on anything? Oh man, I don't anticipate right now being a large shortage. There is a movement. There is some things happening in the seed industry that's going to, I think, in the next few years cause some issues. I can go into that for another complete show. I'm actually going to Asta, which is the largest seed trading uh, meeting in Orlando in a couple of weeks, the end of January. So I have more idea when I get back from down there. But it is, the, I'm telling you, breeders from all over the world come in mm. there. And we have a three day meeting. So I'm excited about that to kind of find out. You want to take your camera with you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Find out what's going on. Talk to some people that has been in the industry a long time. Find out. There has been some mergers within the heirloom and open pollinated seed industry. So they're going to be some small changes there in the next few years. Okay. So. No, no shortages, I wouldn't say that. And I won't scare anybody thinking there's any huge shortages. These are the typical stuff that we have every year, like peas. You know, mm -hmm. we just have limited supply on them. But that's pretty much about it. Um, well, that's the compost. We, I went and got me a load of compost today. Okay. It's time to go ahead and start stocking up on compost. Uh, I actually have a friend that's got a poultry farm, and I'm gonna get me some chicken litter. Yeah, I'm gonna get some chicken litter, go ahead and get all this in preparation, and I will go ahead and start adding compost to some of my spots pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then if uh, you said earlier, if you, it, it's okay to get it ready, and if you're not ready to plant, throw a tarp over it? Yes, but speaking of that, I had this conversation yesterday with a customer, and they was wanting to know if they needed to plant any more cover crops. Yes, there is a point now where you could use cover crops. You would use these in-between cover to crops. If you got a spot that you're not going to be planting until May, yeah, you can go ahead and get you a, a cool weather cover crop on that and get that organic matter and all worked into the soil and grow that cover crop up till somewhere before May to start getting, you know, work it back mm -hmm. into the soil. 
My daikon radishes cover crop. I thought I had lost those, but they're coming back, coming yeah. back from the cold. So yeah, and that's a great one. To, if you got one that you worried you're not going to be able to extinguish and work into the soil and get you get your plot back up and going real quick, that daikon radish is the one to go with there. It's easy. It does a wonderful job of breaking up the soil and adding no organic matter and scavenging those nutrients. But the great thing about it is it's easy to get rid of. And you can eat it. And you can. I eat saw it. somebody fermenting it. On a video the other day. Yep. You got some big enough up there? Not quite big enough, but it makes a huge radish, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Alright, so there you have it. You can still get some cover crops in, but make sure if you do, it's in a, a spot or a plot that's going to be used later in the year. I would not at this point use cover crops on a spot mm -hmm. I was planning on putting my potatoes on. So let you. us know in the comments what you're doing in your garden in January. And also, we need um, some garden pictures yep. for our garden spotlight. So we'll throw up a screen here. If you go on our Hosh University tab, there's a place that you can email us your garden photos so we can have you in our garden spotlight. Speaking of garden spotlight, this week is from Earl Stripton in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Earl is in zone eight. Seven. Yeah, excuse me, Zone 7. And Earl has more of an urban garden. You can tell he's got kind of a smaller there, but he does a great job of using what he's got there. Look at All those different beds. kind of containers. Yep. Onions, looks like he's got onions doing good in his ribs. He's got some greens growing right there. And man, look at his raised bed in this container operation right there. Ain't that cool? Earl's got it going on. He's getting ready for spring. Got some trellises going on there. Thank you, Earl, for sending in your pictures and being part of our garden spot last week. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Actually, I just grabbed those off our Row by Row group. These? Mm -hmm. Yeah. These are not Earl's pictures? They're Earl's pictures, oh. but, but he posted them on Row by Row. Okay. He didn't send them to I him. said, surely I'm not sure his pictures are not Earl's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you, he's got it going on with those beds. Yeah, there was a lot more pictures on there. He had a really... Neat setup there. And folks, if you're not a member of our Row by Row group, we have a group on Facebook called Row by Row that's a gardening group. Great bunch of people there, and we like to share your gardening ideas. You can ask your questions. A lot of people give you good information there. Just a good good group to be a part of. Old goat. Old goat. So folks, the old goat figurine somewhere on the set, and every week we have a drawing for the old goat, if you can find it. Yeah. Put this in the comments below where the old goat is, and... For last week, draw the winner. D. Birdwell. And D, we're going to send you some sunflower seeds, a whole one pound. Whole one pound sunflower seeds. D, send us your shipping address to cussserve at hosstools.com and we'll get that in the mail to you. I think there's a pro cuts. Yeah. There's a mixture of pro cuts. Yeah, there, there, there won't be a name on here. It's some they got mislabeled in our seed room. But they're all good seeds. They're all good seed. They're just, it'll be a surprise. Yep. All right, folks, thank you for joining us. We hope you're still excited about growing your own food. Although it is January, there's still plenty to do. Still plenty to think about about growing our own food. Thank you for watching. Now it's time for you to get off that couch and get outside and get dirty.